I'm Kyle Jones, narrator two on the Oz9 podcast. In this 264th episode of Discussing Who, our hosts attempt to recover from the recent flux by revisiting a classic Doctor Who episode from the 1970s titled The Hand of Fear. More like acid reflux if you ask me. Oh, I knew I should have asked Captain Jesse. Oi, mister. Meanwhile, it's the holidays so you find yourself hooked up in the nearest airlock. Let's listen in. I want to start by welcoming back Lee Shackelford. Lee, how are you? I couldn't be better if I tried. Awesome. Well, glad to have you here. As of this recording, we're just a few days away from Christmas, which if all works well, this episode, if you're listening to us as the day it goes out, it will be Christmas 2021. So Merry Christmas to you, Mr. Shackelford, and also to Mr. Clarence Brown. Mr. Brown, how are you, my friend? You know what, man? I'm amazing. <laughs> I am amazing. And I hope you guys are too, as well as everybody listening. How well spectacular yeah. of you to say. I was going to say a little little self-satisfied there, but oh, you, you, you don't mean that. You mean, I see. Oh, he's going to say, well, yeah. Spectacular <laughs> and amazing. You are amazing, but, but yeah, you should let us say yeah. that. We're just like <laughs> weaving a little web here, I think. Are we? <laughs> Who knows? Hey, if, Who if knows? you think this episode's going to go out on Christmas Day, I'm going to share something slightly Christmassy. Okay, go for it. I discovered... Do you want to sing a song? I, I was tempted to sing this, but I, I, I will spare you that. But it is uh, the song Oh Holy Night, which interestingly was my mother's favorite Christmas song, maybe her favorite song of all. And this is my first... Christmas without my mother, so I've been thinking about Oh Holy Night. So I started reading about it, and I learned that it has many, many verses. And um, it's it's very old, you know. But in the mid-1800s in America, one of the verses suddenly went away. It wasn't in the hymnals anymore. <laughs> Why do you suppose this verse just suddenly disappeared in the mid-1800s? Here's the lyric. Truly, Uh-oh. truly, he taught us to love one another. His law is love, and his gospel is peace. Chains shall he break, for the slave is our brother. Mm. And in his name, all oppressions shall cease. Well, it's back in the hymnals now, so sing it. Sing it. Yeah, I wonder why they would move that. Yeah. I wonder why. But there it is, folks. Chains <laughs> shall he break, for the slave is our brother, and in his name all oppression shall cease. Sing it. Okay. Anyway. We're, we're not singing that verse in our yeah. church. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. That's interesting. <laughs> but you know what it's you know what it is a true testament of though? Hmm. Is no matter where we are in space and time, whether it's in our present, our past, our future, or if you're listening to us right now, if it's in your past, your present, your future, wherever you are, unfortunately People don't get along and people have agendas and people have issues. It's just a good reminder of, as the doctor has said, and most recently in his 12th incarnation, be kind. Just, just above be all, kind. be kind. 
And don't eat pears. Never, <laughs> ever eat pears. I can't agree with them there, but uh, I, I'll, I'll go to the mat for be kind. And because you are the king of segues, I know that you're probably bringing that up to lead to the fact that uh, this most recent serial has been controversial, and we are the show that has committed to be positive about Doctor Who. So um, it's cool that we've gotten feedback about our conversation. Indeed. And kind feedback. Kind feedback, that. naturally. All right. Since you are talking, Mr. Shackelford, why don't you go first? We heard from uh, someone who signs your name, Roland, R-O-L-L-O-N. And, and here's the quote. To be honest, I had lost interest in the storyline for the show, meaning the flux, quite some time ago. And now I just accept each episode as it comes with indifference. Sometimes there's a good one. Sometimes there's a bad one. And it's pretty much the same for me. The part that really gets to me, though, is the bit where time is the creature entity seeking revenge or hating the doctor for some unknown reason, especially when throughout the episode and even the series, they keep mentioning that time will catch up with you eventually. So time shouldn't care one way or another what the doctor is doing or how long it'll take, because in the end, there will be an end. Yeah, I got to agree. That's just, it's an intriguing idea, but... It just doesn't go anywhere. Time is the bad guy. Time is feared by the Maori. Time is, you know, on and on. It's just, huh? <laughs> and we finally meet time, time and it looks like the no swarm. One. So, right. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yes. Awesome feedback. And Clarence, I think you have a bit or a piece of feedback from someone else. If you would like to share that, please. Yes, we have feedback from Sarah W., which says, Great podcast episode, guys. I really love the format, and your positivity continues to be one of the main reasons I love the podcast. Ooh. There's so much negativity in the world and in fandoms, but y'all always find something generous to say. Thank you for those kind words. We, we try our best. You do. <laughs> so, so, so true. And I'm kind of laughing here because poor Sarah, if you only knew what that other one sounded like. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I have to say to that? Guess what? Eldred must Eldred live. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only thing we're sure of right now. Yes, Hold on yes, a minute. Yes, that guy had the same name as me. He almost has the same voice as you if you ask me. Now, go on before things get all wibbly-wobbly. Oh, that's weird. But, uh, anyway, something, oh, uh, what's this, spoiler warning? I can't say this. Who tells people to put a show on pause while watching something else? Uh, Why not just suggest, oh, never mind. But this makes absolutely no sense. Zero sense, that's a step up from negative sense. Like, seriously, I mean, what are we... I hope that's enough snark. If not, let me know, I can give you more. I'm very good at snark. Put a show on pause and go listen to something else. That would be ridiculous. Besides, who could put me on pause? I'm going to see any immediately. I mean, really? I'll do it. If you've not seen The Hand of Fear, put this podcast on pause. Go and watch the story and come back, because from this moment forward, spoilers. Alarm. 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 
The Hand oh, of Fear originally aired in oh. four parts between the 2nd and the 23rd of October, 1976, starring Tom Baker as the Fourth Doctor and Elizabeth Sladen as companion Sarah Smith. Now it's time for Summary View. So Summary View, Eldred Must Live. Clarence Brown, I'll start with you. What did you think of this story? I really liked it. I loved how... We'll get into all that, but how uh, Eldrad is able to live on in this rather or reconstitute himself from this, you know, just a part or a hand in this case remaining after crashing, I'm assuming, on Earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm lo- I'm loving how we're using radioactivity and it reminds me of this dragon ball z story and i know i keep talking about anime on this show but there's a dragon ball z story and there's this character called cell and if any smidget of his being a cell of his being is left alive he can reconstitute himself and this is what this reminded me of and i I really loved it i really loved it I'm, i'm i'm here for the ride i in the same way i was reminded of um uh captain jack of course who Famously in one Torchwood, there's nothing left of him but part of his shoulder. We we grow a new Captain Jack from that. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I love Hand of Fear. I've, I've seen it many, many times, and I just think of it as being the epitome of what I love about uh, classic Doctor Who. This is part of the Philip Hinchcliffe era, when uh, the, he really wanted to try to make it the monster movie of the week. And a hand that is crawling about by itself is... It's right out of the old playbook. We've been we've had independently operating hands in horror since uh, the 1920s. So uh, here it is again, and uh, and sometimes the effect is is quite convincing. It's quite startling. Uh, yes. So, yeah. but yeah, uh, give it enough energy, and it makes new matter, and that is, uh, as the doctor points out, quite quite interesting. So. And it gives us our first gender fluid character in Doctor Who, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. And uh, well, just so many things to love about it. And the great thing, you know, this is what I love so much about Sarah Jane is her playing with the Doctor the way she does. And there, she just gets a lot of, I don't know how much is scripted and how much is ad-libbed because famously Liz Sladen and Tom Baker just enjoyed going off the script when it was, when it was okay. And so little things that they would throw in that I just think um, add a marvelous chemistry and and color and character character to this story. So I love it. So what about you, Mr. Jones? Absolutely. One billion percent loved it. Totally, totally, totally loved it. I have seen the ending of this story untinked amounts of time many 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 times i've probably only seen the entire story once before (laughs) watching it you know this past week maybe it was cleansing the palate and and going into reminding me of what doctor who of why i love doctor who Mm. but wow this was just so fluid of a story in a sense of it just went from one episode to the next episode it didn't drag on to me it was solid it was good it was just wow i loved it just absolutely loved it so 
Since Eldrad must live, let's talk about Eldrad. What did you think of this character and the concept of this character? And Lee, I want to start with you this time because I was listening earlier today to our overall look of Flux, and you actually, right in the middle of the review, you go into, hey, in our next one, we're going to be talking about the Hand of Fear, and these are all the great things about it. (laughs) Why was this such a contrast to you to Flux and the characters and the way it was, you know, what made this story stand out so much to you? I, I had to see Hand of Fear again to really even gel those ideas in my own mind after I'd said it. But I started thinking about Eldred because of Swarm's crystalline appearance, that he has crystals you know, growing out of his head, and he, he seems to be part of him is maybe made of stone or something. And that seems to be there for effect. Uh, he's horrifying to people, and he knows that, and he likes it. And when we see the two forms of Eldred, that's not really the point. That's just simply what that race looks like, and so that's that's just who they are. <laughs> and it's not really a story yeah. point. And what we'll find out is the intermediate form of Eldred, we'll find out, is actually based partly on Sarah. So uh, that's why it has a why Eldred has a, a, a female human face and form. But, you know, it, it's it's like her face is clearly not made of stone like everything else, crystals. And I just thought that was very interesting. But, but it points out the to me the difference is that what, what Eldred wants is very clear, but it still leaves room for ambiguity. I don't know about you, but when we get into part three, I start thinking, hey, I think Eldred has been maligned here that we've been assuming this is the piece villain, but I think Eldred is a victim here mm-hmm. and then we'll flip it again. <laughs> no, <laughs> you almost had me there. Yeah. And, and that's fascinating. But, th- but compare that to the levels of complication about what swarm is up to and why, and exactly how swarm and Azure are going to go about whatever in the world it is they're doing and what their goals are and what, you know, I, I just ended flux saying, wait, what were they up to in the first place? I, I forgot <laughs> now what, why they were doing what, uh, I don't know. I don't know. And I don't I, think we know. Exactly. I don't know. And I don't care, but I, I, I wanted to see if Eldred was going to be able to do what, uh, he set out to do after 150 million years. It's just. What did you think of the contrast between these two types of villains? And what did you think of Eldrad? I mean, I think Lee hit it directly on the head. We get this intro to the backstory of, and, and it's still not a hundred percent clear on what's going on. We just know that this being is being shot out of the sky. We see the, the, the ship or whatever. We know it's being shot out of the sky, but it's enough to give us a good footing on where we're going with the character, as opposed to some of the stuff we got in the flux where it looks cool. <laughs> we get this reveal of the vision, but what are the character, what, what other additional information we get about the origin of the character? Uh, I feel with Eldred, as the story progresses, they keep unfolding different layers about the character and what the character's motivations are. Like Lee said, we think they may can possibly be good <laughs> at some point because they are working with the doctor. Mm-hmm. 
they are working with the doctor and it's beautiful to see because I think the character is sympathetic in some ways. And and I think maybe we talked about the different forms that it takes. I think that may aid a little bit in how we feel about the character at certain points. But I definitely feel like by the end of it, there's no question about what's going on. We have a clear picture of what the character is and what it, the character is trying to be done, what what the motivation of the character is and wants to rule. So I love that everything is, again, not just laid out on a table to you directly, but it's told well. And we have a clear picture of what the character is. And mm. as far as Eldred in particular, I love that it's a silicon-based life form, which reminds me, we always talk about Star Trek, mm-hmm. but it reminds me that Star Trek episode... Devil in the Dark. Which one? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I thought that was pretty cool as well. We even used it in parts of the story when they talked about the weapons and how they affect the Doctor and Sarah versus Eldrad. So, yeah, I, I think it was a great, great story. I have to always, as usual, 99% of the time, agree with absolutely everything both of you just said. I think you both hit it. And the only thing I could add to that is I... See, you know, if I were to try to make this story go off the rails, if I were writing it, what I would see myself doing is this faction that's on the planet that actually sent Eldred into space. If we devoted an entire episode to the Doctor and Sarah interacting with them, why? You know, mm. there would there would be no reason. But you see what I'm saying? Yeah. If you would have spent that time that we became sympathetic to Eldrad and focused on them going to the planet and trying to find out what was going on, I think that would have made the story less, but they chose not to do that. Yeah. We focus on Eldrad. We still know that they did something, but we focus more, and I think that was the beauty of it, is they, as the writers, focused on making the audience kind of be sympathetic. And if you look at it from the changing of forms... I don't think perhaps that that was a change of personality. I think that that was just a survival something that they made themselves look like, not only look, but act sympathetic Mm. to reach the common goal. Interesting, yeah. Yeah, because Eldred seems as surprised by it as as we are. You know, she Mm -hmm. sees her reflection in the mirror. I'll say she at this point. And she says, oh, okay, so this is what, you know, yeah, it, it, it's, it's what they do. They survive and they, they adapt and they blend, they, they sort of blend in. And in contrast to that, as soon as Eldrad becomes Eldrad's original, I'm assuming, form, the kindness or the reservedness, maybe not kindness, but the reserve way that the character was presented immediately takes a 180 and is aggressive and boisterous and maniacal. All of that rolled into one. Yeah. Yeah, definitely the attitude, the the way the character presented itself changed to be more more aggressive. And I just loved how that was laid out. And that's where we get the information of of how beautiful this part of the story is where he's he's just a science guy that works in the king's court that <laughs> that thinks he knows more and wants to run things yeah. i i I thought <laughs> that being a main part of the story just played out beautifully because I don't know if hubris is the word, but he got to this point where he just thought he was better than the That's king hubris you know? yeah, yeah, 
And, and mm. it's, I hope we're not trying to take the story in, in a linear order because this is something I want to talk about at the, near the no, very go end. For it. But here in part four, I love this switcheroo when it looks for a minute like we've, we've killed Eldred. That yeah. the, the machine comes down and just, and just pulverizes her. And <laughs> Sarah and the doctor both sort of, well, you know, we did our best, but that's, you know, we were just too late. And that's not what's happened at all. But yeah. so, we as an audience, we go from feeling sorry for Eldred, and then Eldred comes back in this kind of aggressive male form, who is who no longer has to pretend about what he's there for, and we're looking forward to him uh, being tripped and falling off a cliff. There's no there's no sympathy anymore for this for Eldred. It's like okay, <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So let me, you brought this up, and I want to ask both of you this question. You know, we made a big issue, we keep bringing up Flux, but we made a big issue in our thoughts on the Vanquishers about the idea of the Doctor basically committing triple genocide and are participating in a triple genocide of the Daleks, the Cybermen, the um, Suntars. Here, the Doctor and Sarah basically, for all intents and purposes, caused the death of Eldrad. Eldrad now must die, not <laughs> yes. live, but die. Yes, part Eldred four, must Eldred die. must die, yeah. Um, so, thoughts. I mean, we, we cheered at this. Yeah. Thoughts. Yeah. And, yeah. That's right. Eldred is the last, the last of his kind. And for a minute there, we're thinking... Wait a minute. Those people have been waiting to argue with him for 150 million years. It's a recording. Okay, good. <laughs> but uh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he's the last of his kind and so now the threat is if he can't have um Castria, he'll have the earth. He'll have he says he's going to rule the universe. Yeah, well, I think that's the point at which you say Eldred must die. All right, Clarence, what do you think? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I disagree with Lee's. I just agree with what Lee just said of of how he so quickly turned from wanting to just rule his people, and when he finds there's no way that it could happen, the the seed bank has been destroyed. Mm. He he just moves on to the next big <laughs> yep. thing. Like, oh, those Earth people look kind of cool. Let me take over them. You know, have we seen the last of them? I don't know. Because no. didn't the doctor make a comment that? Um, I'm not so sure we've we've seen the last of them or something to that effect after he fell down. That's what he said. I mean, who knows if, I mean, Eldred survived being blown into pieces and then being a fossil for 150 million years. Yeah, yeah dropping him down yeah. in an abyss. Yeah, who knows? Mm. Then that's where I was about to yeah. go with it, which is I don't really think they killed Eldred because if he just did what you said, mm. that's not, you know, even if he shattered Hello, hand, came back. Yeah. And this whole idea of obliteration, you know, sentence to obliteration. So mm. that means we destroying everything or he might come back. And for some reason, the fall doesn't give me assurance that he's gone. Yeah. Now, the ring was very important. I've got to have one of those rings. Um, <laughs> and and Eldred has now parted from the ring. Well, no, the doctor threw the ring after him, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> he threw it down there. Yeah. I was like, what is he yeah, doing? The doctor may come to regret that at some point in the future. <laughs> yeah. You know what would have really, 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 I think, 
been totally awesomely cool is if Swarm had been oh. Eldraine. Yeah. Would that, that not have been that cool? Been great. Yeah. Or the, at the end of it, he just raises up his hand and we see the ring. Exactly. On his hand. Yes. He's like, oh. <laughs> ah, woo woo. Yes. That would have been so totally cool. Well, one more thing I want to ask before we move on from Eldrad, even though he, did, you know, must live. The voice, did they modulate? I'm assuming they did, but did they modulate the actor's voice or did this voice come from another actor that was superimposed in production? I don't know for sure, but there are definitely games being played with the, some of the voices in this in this serial. You know that Sarah, when she is under the influence, when she has the ring, um, she hears the female voice and she hears the male voice, which I thought was very interesting. Okay. Yeah. And, of course, they both say, predictably, Eldred must live. You know why they say that, right? Because Eldred must live? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know I'm having so much fun with this. I just love saying it. Yeah. Uh and and I, I wanted to mention as as we when we were talking about this uh, uh off mic earlier that uh I'd recommend to everybody the the DVD of Hand of Fear because there's a commentary track by the late lamented Liz Sladen and uh she talks about the fact that because she is a classically trained actor she saw that script and just saw that one of the things that happens in the story is she has to say the same thing over and over again. So she made it her personal challenge to say it differently every time. So, and sometimes the differences are subtle, but yeah, sometimes it's Eldred must live. Eldred must live. <laughs> She's just having fun with it. And, uh, you know, why not? Mm, and then she, she fun. imitates herself when she <laughs> walking into the, the, uh, the, the reactor room and she says Eldred must live and the doctor says what <laughs> after he's just cured her of it she says just testing it's beautiful and, the time. Yeah. and that was an ad lib I think I believe so and, and they and they decided to keep it in I feel sure that the thing about her holding her nose is an ad lib um, just because that's the kind of thing that occurs to you as an actor when you're when you're on location or on set like that and they're shooting it's like why not but uh what uh, Dr. Watson has just told her to open her mouth and hold her nose because of the shock wave. And so she's still doing it when she says her next slide, because why not? <laughs> she says, <laughs> I thought something should have happened by it, you know? And so Tom does it too. And he says, yes, <laughs> it's wonderful. Oh, I love it. So I'm glad you brought up Sarah Jane Smith mm. because I want to talk next about this being Sarah's final story. Clarence, why don't you go first? As a final story for Sarah Jane, thoughts? Uh, with the limited knowledge I know of the character, I will say that I feel like she did an excellent job, as in she had to be the the catalyst to sell this Eldrad taking over a person thing at the very beginning. I feel like if it wouldn't if we wouldn't have believed her, we probably wouldn't have believed um what's the guy's name uh driscoll as well mm -hmm. so so she totally sold it and uh i thought she just did an excellent job of playing evil <laughs> and with the ring and the 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 she, she i love oh let me just back up a little bit and she had to flip back and forth at some points when she initially goes to the reactor site and she gets in she kind of plays 
a little bit differently when she first walks up to the gate. And then all of a sudden we see the ring and, you know, she's on her way. But I just thought she did an excellent job acting in this. As far as the last story, uh, it, it was kind of heartbreaking to see her sort of have a temper tantrum at the very end that she's had it, had enough. She wants to go home. Of course, that's not what she really wants to do. And when the doctor gives her that news, you know, it was kind of heartbreaking in a way to see, you know, that that's what has to happen at this point. But as, as far as the final story, I thought she was great. Um, one of the I've seen few stories with her, but it's one of the best ones I've seen with her as well. So she just did a phenomenal job, phenomenal job in the very beginning selling, selling Eldred, Eld, wow, selling Eldred to me. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, uh, as so often happens, Clarence has said it all for me. But I was looking again at this line that she's given. She says, I must be mad. I'm sick and tired of being cold and wet and hypnotized left, right, and center. I'm sick of being shot at, savaged by bug-eyed monsters, never knowing if I'm coming or going or been. <laughs> never knowing if I'm coming or going or been. And, you know, that could be a, a sign-off line for any of the doctor's companions, Right. Anybody who travels with him is going to have this experience. And yeah, so she's the one who actually says it. And then when he, as, situ as circumstances force him to do, he calls her bluff because she, she says, I was just fooling. I mean, her feeling is real and we believe her. We believe the way she plays it. Her, her feelings are real, but she doesn't mean she wants to leave forever. She wanted him to stop her. Mm -hmm. and ask her to stay but he can't and it is it's such a poignant such a poignant parting it's uh yeah last line of the episode till we meet again sarah wow now i think you know i normally don't suggest you know we've never done a sarah jane smith um adventure sarah jane adventure story but this pops me i really want us to and maybe even before we start series um eight if we can find it, I would love to go and watch The Wedding of Sarah Jane Smith. It was <laughs> in one of the Sarah Jane Adventures story. Mm -hmm. So it's only 20 minutes per episode, oh. has the 10th Doctor. But there is, they have this conversation again. It's, it's, she and the 10th Doctor, yeah. pretty much word for word. And I just think it's just so beautiful that they just, do that same again. Yeah. So awesome. Well, and I hadn't seen it until you shared the video, but uh, her, her parting, when she walks away from the TARDIS, she looks over her left shoulder as the TARDIS is dematerializing. And this must be conscious in school reunion years and years later, she does her, her, her walk away from the TARDIS is exactly the same. She looks over her left shoulder oh. at the dematerialization. I thought, yeah, that's gotta be deliberate. That's, Wow. So that is 76. What that's that was 40 years later. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Amazing. Yeah, she's, 40 years later. <laughs> and she says to him, you know, you've regenerated. He says, oh, I've regenerated a half dozen times since I saw you last. <laughs> he says, you look great. I, but I got old. You know, I, I didn't expect it. And, I'm, you know, anyone listening knows I have no problem telling you if I 
crying something. I, I mean, this made me cry. Yeah. I mean, and I wasn't, ex- I so wasn't expecting it, but I found myself, you know, like tearing up and it was like, wow, this is, this is, this isn't even your last, you know, appearance. That's right. We you know, know there's a lot there's, more of Sarah Jane coming. There's yeah. a lot more of her, but, <laughs> yeah. but for some reason I just found that very touching and maybe because it was Sarah Jane, I don't know, but I thought it was very well acted and no matter how many times i've seen it and i've never cried seeing it but mm. maybe watching that whole story in itself for some reason just i found very touching can i ask you guys a question mm. mm-hmm. so sarah survives the rock slide in the quarry yes so was she able to survive because she be- she came in contact with eldred's hand Ooh. Because I find it highly unlikely <laughs> that she would come out of that. Yeah, lie. yeah. She is. She was saved by a big flat rock that landed on other rocks around her. Yeah, and that's why she wasn't just smashed flat. Yeah, I, I like the uh, contact with Eldred theory, though. That's I'll buy that. That's good. That's good. Oh, we are good. You guys are so good because. I wanted to bring up that one version of this story, one of the original drafts or original ideas before Hand of Fear came along was something called the Lost Legion. And the gentleman that was writing this fell behind schedule and they used the concept that became Hand of Fear Mm -hmm. instead. But this, the Lost Legion would have seen Sarah Jane killed at the conclusion. Right. Because Liz Sladen wanted to leave the series, so yeah, they were going to write her out by killing her. Yikes. And I, yes. Which would have been not a first for Doctor Who, but mm, <laughs> the first for a really beloved companion. And I, Bingo. I, 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 li- I like this Till We Meet Again, Sarah, so much better. And... You know, we, we've we've talked about on this podcast before how in New Who, the exiting of a companion is so monumental. I mean, it is built up. I mean, think about the pines leaving mm. and think about Rose. Think about, you know, Bill. Think about yeah. uh, Donna. All except for maybe, um, you know, except for maybe... Um, Graham and Ryan, mm-hmm. seriously, I'm not trying to be right, funny, yeah. but but except for maybe them, all the other companions, it's been an event. Clara, mm-hmm. you know, all of oh, the, yeah. but Sladen asked for her departure not to be the main focus of the story right. as she thought the doctor should remain the primary focus. Right. And I think that was a good choice, but I'm curious to what you guys think. Do you like the fact that we didn't know at the very, until the very end that she was going? I'd give anything to have been watching this in the UK in the seventies because yeah, I don't, I, I, I would imagine it was a surprise to the audience. They just, no, she can't be, no, (laughs) come back. But there you go. Although interestingly, when I, when I watch this again, uh, when they show up in the rock quarry, uh, she says, uh, you know, I don't want to jump to any conclusions, but I don't think this is South Croydon. (laughs) <laughs> so uh, apparently he was taking her home anyway. I mean, that's just an interesting thing that it, that it keeps. They keep mentioning South Croydon. Interesting. And 
and and maybe that was just something that they accidentally got out of order or something maybe i, I don't know i don't know but, but there it is in the script yeah yeah i think it's more like just interesting foreshadowing maybe they were going to visit not thinking that but anyway yeah and they end up in the wrong place and then punchline to the whole serial is that he he, he doesn't go to south Croydon anyway but uh <laughs> <laughs> and, and we won't learn until school reunion that actually she's in Aberdeen. <laughs> she's not even in, oh. in England. She's in Scotland. Um, <laughs> wow. It's worth mentioning that um, in um, that with this rock quarry, um, I'm sorry, all my notes are chronological. So I'm now I'm back at the beginning of the episode, but um, this is uh, interesting because uh, rock quarry stood in for all kinds of alien worlds in classic who and uh, this time the rock quarry is a rock quarry that's <laughs> that's actually what it is and uh and that that effect of them shooting some stone is them really shooting the shooting the stones uh, so um that was uh, one of the reasons why they did that was so they could get footage of that explosion but you know you see that and go wow that's an impressive explosion and then we learn that sarah has survived that so yeah, I, I'm kind of with Clarence on that one. That's not my big <laughs> qualm about this episode. As much as I love it, I do have to to take a, a exception with this whole business about them uh, nuking the nuclear power station. Um, for one thing, Doctor Watson picks up the phone, and 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 then later there's there's Royal Air Force jets with nuclear missiles flying their way. So <laughs> this time it made me think, hang on a second. Dr. Watson has the authority by himself <laughs> to call a nuclear strike inside Britain without, I mean, yeah. hang on a minute. <laughs> Who is this guy? Anyway, he may you know, know, he may know Mr. Holmes. What happens That's when right. you strike the nuclear facility? Aren't you like pretty much dooming the whole country? It, see, it seems like, yeah, this is part of this whole naivete about atomic power that is, is so prevalent in science fiction, I'm afraid. But yeah, a runaway nuclear reactor is a bad enough thing, but to drop an atom bomb on it, it does, that does not make it better. Um, yeah. Yeah, this is death for half of the people in Britain. So, yeah, it's a dumb idea. So, thank God for Eldred. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because guess what? Eldred, Eldred must live. live. Yeah. And so must the good people of England. So, yeah. Anyway, so, you know, that that is a, a plot convenience that, you know, that this one guy can pick up the phone and this happens and this terrible thing that shouldn't happen anyway. But, you know. It serves its purpose in the story, and we move on. But. All right. Well, really quick, I want to mention one other thing before we move on, which is there was one version of the script for Hand of Fear that would have seen the Brigadier return, and he would have gone on from unit to the Extraterrestrial Xenological Intelligence Task yes. Force. Exit. Exit. Yes. And he would have exited, literally, by sacrificing himself during the story's climax. But Nicholas Courtney was unavailable, thank <laughs> goodness, because the story of the Brigadier and his family continues. That's true. So, gentlemen, I have come to the end of my notes, so I'm curious to see if either of you have any other notes. And Clarence, I want to start with you. Do you have any other notes that we have not talked about? 
Uh, one thing in the story was real curious to me, and that was the fact that the doctor was performing and looked like unwillingly or without permission. This is my control on Sarah. Yes. I had real problems with that. And it it would seem as if it wasn't the first time he's done it. She says, <laughs> like, oh, not, not again. again. Yes. Oh, man, that is. Wow, I <laughs> that doesn't look very good today, but yeah, I didn't I didn't know if I realized a doctor had that type of power. And it it's I don't want to make excuses for it because it, it is it is benign and it is important. It's 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 what he needs to talk to Eldred, you know. But yeah, my golly. <laughs> uh from our for our modern sensibility, when she says no. And he does it anyway. Yeah. It, it has to make people think of, um, was it um, Star Trek Six, where uh, Spock does the same thing to uh, Kim Cattrall. <laughs> um, and, and a lot of people in the fandom said, hey, 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 I don't think Mr. Spock would do that. Um, well, I'll go even hooier than that. Yeah. Remember our friend Nicole brought up a very excellent point when we were doing journey's end where donna is begging well no 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 i mean we understand why but still no no that's the ultimate and that that one i don't know if the argument there and i know we talked about this at the time was that i'm not sure he has any choice right Did I lose you guys? Oh, no. Okay. No, stay, stay. I just made a big sneeze, and so that'll be on my Audacity recording, so heads up. <laughs> but I was able to pause the Skype anyway. Um, yeah. And I got one one more comment before we pass it along, and that is uh, the control room. I think that may be my first time seeing yes. that one in a full story that I'm watching. You know, I've seen glimpses of it on YouTube and stuff, but they redecorate it and I don't like mm. it. <laughs> I, I always want to say that I love that control room. And I think it's just because I, I love the wood and it seemed like it was more suited to our, our Bohemian doctor. You know, I love that part of it's it got a writing desk in it. You know, <laughs> I just, I, I liked all that. And I, I was, I've always been sorry that the, the set was accidentally ruined by the weather and, you know, they had to, go back to the original console room but um yeah but yeah here it is in all its glory so yes it did feel a little cramped it's small you know uh, it is very very small and it and it does feel that very very crampedness i still like it better than a certain other doctor's tardis Mm. console that i absolutely hate it also feels going there because i'm Yes, and gaudy and crystally and whatever. <laughs> but it has cookies. I don't care. But uh, <laughs> Merry Christmas and Happy New Year's and season's greetings. So, happy, happy, happy. Lee Shackelford, Eldred Must Live. Any other notes? I got, I got lots of notes. Is that okay? Go for okay. it. Okay. I don't want to bore people. People, feel free to tune out and come back in a few minutes. Um uh, 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 the Indian doctor who's checking the do- uh, checking our doctor out, he says, where did you qualify? He says, well, Gallifrey. And he says, ah, perhaps it's in Ireland. We'll hear that joke again in uh, <laughs> Human Nature and Family of Blood. But Gallifrey does sound like oh. a 
a place in Ireland, but yeah. Um, Gallifrey. Yes, she's dressed as Andy Pandy, and Dr. Carter gets to say to the security guard, she's wearing, you know, pink striped overall. Yes, just like Andy Pandy. Um, <laughs> that was my introduction to the name, and I had to look up Andy Pandy years ago, years ago, the first time that I was aware of that. And uh, and I learned how deeply ingrained that that show for toddlers is in British culture. I mean, we didn't grow up with that, but but the first... Andy Pandy was a marionette show. And if you, and there, some of them are on YouTube. And I, I do recommend people, if you're interested in puppetry, look at these because the, the puppeteering, the marionetting is amazing. It's, it's really outstanding. Uh, but yeah, Andy Pandy is a little boy. I guess he's supposed to be two. And, um, and he does wear little overalls like that. But, uh, but they shot these first episodes in the 50s, 26 of them, and then they replayed them on the BBC into the 70s. Oh, wow. So any if you were growing up in any time in that 20-year period, you were sooner or later going to be exposed to Andy Pandy. So, yeah, everybody on the show knows um, what the reference is. But I, 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 I've never understood why in the series that we started, um, why the idea was that Sarah Jane was, was kind of a little girl. That when we first met her, she was, well, she was Lois Lane. You know, mm-hmm. and 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 they sort of dressing her sort of um, softer as time went by, and so now here she is, and she's she's like a toddler, and when we see her the last time, she's you know the things that she's left, her goodies that she's going to take and go home. She's got a a potted plant and a stuffed owl, and hmm. like, okay, can I pose a theory to that? Well, I, I would be interested. Yeah. Okay. You know, we've said on this show before that if that if you go and you look at some of the other companions at the time, especially not necessarily who came after Sarah, because I think she kind of broke the mold, but several of the companions and Katie Manning is an awesome actor. But if you compare Joe Grant to Sarah Jane, Joe Grant was very much the damsel in distress in many ways as opposed to Sarah. And I'm wondering if you had some viewers and writing the BBC saying, she's too much of a liberal. Mm. She's too much of a feminist. She's too much fill in the blank. So, so they changed her look some to soften that. Yeah. So she, she becomes a little girl, but she's, but she's a scrappy little girl. Right. Maybe. And maybe that was just the way of appeasing I wonder. Maybe. Yeah. Huh. Or you could have had a producer or a director or whoever that was sexist and wanted her to dress her well, like that. I, yeah. That that's possible too. And that that could have come from uh, that could have been uh, an idea of uh, Liz Slayton's that she brought to the showrunners. You know, I don't know. I, I would like to True. know more about that. Um, this is during the time of um, I, Claudius, as being the big event on BBC. And I think, I get the feeling from other things that I've read, that people at Doctor Who really wanted to to be a part of that. And to try to, if at all possible, to get some of those those actors who were becoming stars as a result of I, Claudius, uh, on, onto Doctor Who. And one of the I, Claudius actors that reportedly they wanted for this episode was Patrick Stewart. 
Oh. Uh, Interesting. He would have been uh, Dr. Watson. Wouldn't that have been like the <laughs> ultimate meta crossover? That would be amazing to see. Um, but um, eventually they would um, get Brian Blessed, uh, who will end up married to Perry, I think, in one version of that story. And then much, much, much later, we'll finally get Derek Jacobi. But um, anyway... Um, who did a masterful job. Masterful job role. in that role. <laughs> um, and still does uh, for Big Finish, too, by the way. Um, business about knocking Sarah out. Um, we've already talked about the uh, the kind of rapey thing where, uh, where she says, oh, no, that's not fair, not again. And he does it anyway, the, uh, the mind meld thing. But he also has to knock her out with his bare hands. And... Uh, the kind of nerve pinch thing that we've seen the 13th doctor do. Well, actually we've seen several doctors do it. That hasn't come along yet. So the blocking is very interesting. I, I can imagine that what the script says is he knocks her out, you know, and they got onto the floor of this in the studio and said, okay, <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> so he grabs her wrist and kind of, it's, it's, it's almost like a, 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 a tango dip. Yeah. Um, but I think he is supposed to have punched her in the face because later she complains that her chin hurts. Ah. So that line is in the script. But I, I just, I can imagine the two of them and the director up above <laughs> uh, saying, wait a minute, the doctor can't punch Sarah Jane in the face. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, which... Which, you know, is exactly how the, the Vulcan nerve pinch came about, you know, because the script said something like that. And Leonard Nimoy said, do you really think that this that this guy would just punch this guy in the face? And he's, I, I've got a better idea. Let, I, let, let me try it my way. Yeah. So anyway, but yeah, she does later on say my chin hurts. Um, great, great little insight into the doctor here that I it, this is a, a little conversation that I love after Eldred has already proven to be a threat, and they're saying, let's evacuate the station and blow it up. The doctor says, what do we know about it? It's intelligent. And Sarah says, it's destructive. It's killing people. And the doctor says, an alien life force shipwrecked on a strange planet, crystalline, regenerates through irradiation. It's probably afraid. Mm. And I, I love that moment. Mm. Um, um, I have a favorite scene that I'll I'll save for when we talk about favorite scenes, but um, love the surprise ending to part three. Um, I bet people didn't see that is coming. That the, <laughs> is that the who shot Eldred? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Eldred opens the door and whoosh! Like, whoa, hello there. Um, okay, getting to the end, the scarf has a practical use for once. Um, yeah. I'm sick of being cold and wet and hypnotized left, right, and center. Until mm. we meet again, mm. Sarah. All right. Yeah. Well, I think then, since we're talking favorite scene, Clarence Brown, favorite scene, what say ye? I'm going to say every scene where Sarah was possessed by Eldred. <laughs> I just really like the way she embodied that character in those moments i thought it was really good and really interesting it really set the groundwork for the rest of the story awesome awesome 
Favorite scene, Lee Shackleford. There's a conversation once Eldred is inside the TARDIS, which establishes several things that are going to become part of Who canon and will be explored, you know, uh, throughout the series. It's just a great conversation. And I just, it's what I love most about Doctor Who. It really is right here, all encapsulated in this. Eldrad says of the TARDIS, I congratulate you, Doctor. The achievements of your people in temporal engineering are indeed as impressive as I've heard. The Doctor says, well, thank you. I'm glad you like it. Eldred says, <laughs> where are its armaments? The Doctor points to his head. They're in here. <laughs> your weapons won't work <laughs> in here. We're in a state of temporal grace. We're multidimensional. What do you mean? Well, in a sense, you see, we don't exist while we're in here, so you can't hurt us, and we can't hurt you. She can't hurt us, Sarah says. No. Right. Well, there's a question I can ask you now. Why are you helping her? The doctor says, well, in a sense, I think you'd say I'm helping Earth, Sarah. After all, I can't allow Eldred to go on smashing nuclear power stations. Who knows how big she might become or what damage she might do. And anyway, I want to seek Astria. Why? What on Earth for? <laughs> well, travel broadens the mind. Wow. <laughs> wow. What a great scene, huh? But is that true about not being able to invoke violence in the TARDIS? State of temporal grace. Well, every now and then they'll haul out the temporal grace thing. But yeah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) We've seen it in New Who, right? Yeah. All right. So 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 for my favorite scene... I'm going to say Sarah Jane's exit. Mm, yeah. And I know you would think that would be my least favorite scene. Oh, no. But, but I think it's monumental. I predicted so it was it your favorite scene. <laughs> so favorite quote, and I'll go first. Mm. Anybody have a guess at my favorite quote? We may have the same one. Let's we'll see. Oh, well, till we meet again? <laughs> Eldrad must oh, cool. okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> Uh, even until we meet again, mm. Eldred must live. <laughs> until the point where Eldred must die, but yeah. Yes. Eldred must shatter, but be shattered into Lee Shackelford's favorite quote, which is... Uh, this. I really thought this would be yours, because I think this is a laugh-out-loud moment in the, uh, when uh, the doctor tells Sarah, Sarah to, to stay behind when he goes back into the nuclear power plant. Uh, Watson says, I think you better do as he says this time. Sarah says, yeah. Yeah, you're right. I should. But I'm not going to. (laughs) I love you, Sarah. Mm, Awesome. 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 So, excuse me, Clarence Brown, favorite quote. Uh, Yeah, when Driscoll takes the hand to lock it away, Sarah Jane says, careful. That's not as harmless as it looks. Not as harmless as it looks. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So final rating, Christmas time, final rating. Mm. I want to go first. I'm going to give this five cleansed palettes out of five. Nice. Five. Lee Shackelford, what say you? Five British rock quarries out of five. Oh, good one. Clarence Brown, what say you? Five. Eldred mind control rings out of five. <laughs> Ooh, even better. I really want one of those rings. Well, I guess I, guess I do. I guess, yeah, yeah. I guess there are consequences, right? There's a there's a there's a price yeah. you pay for. Yeah, 
I don't know. Lee Shackelford must live. <laughs> See, I told you this would be fun. Okay, you were right. I usually am. Actually, I always am. Can you do me a favor, though? You're asking me, can I do something, are you? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Will you do me a favor? Oh, yeah. I just downloaded all the known info about that other Kyle Jones, and you'll have it waiting on you when we get back to our time. Ooh, thanks, Olivia. Apparently, this guy has some major issues with something called a chibnall. Seems a bit forgetful, too. Always looking for his recorder. I guess it's time for me to say... You've been listening to Clarence Brown as himself, Lee Shackelford as himself, the other Kyle Jones as himself, Shannon Perry as Olivia, Richard Nadolny as The Alarm, and me, Kyle Jones, as your narrator too. Be sure to subscribe to the Discussing Who podcast wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And you can find me, Olivia, and all of us at Oz9 at oz-9.com. Oh, and be sure to subscribe to the Relativity Podcast. Happy Holidays on behalf of all of us.